I'm Tom Cavanaugh. And you're listening to the Flash Podcast. of the Flash Podcast, your podcast dedicated to the CW hit series The Flash, starring Grant Gustin as Barry Allen slash The Flash. I'm one of your hosts, Annie B, and with me, first of all, is one of our lovely co-hosts, Lauren Galloway. Hello. Hello, Lauren. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Big episode this week, uh, and also we have uh, a special guest. You, If you were here for our first character review for Cisco Ramon, you will recognize her. She is, well, she's actually all over the internet. She works, works for IGN, Nerdist, uh, uh, CBR, Star Wars, and many more. Please welcome back our, lo- our lovely friend, Amy Radcliffe. Hey, thank you so much for having me back. Of course, we had a blast recording you for the first episode. And I remember like the minute I hit like stop recording, I was like, so what other episode would you like to do? We want to come back. And you were like, Joe West for sure. And so we were like, yeah, we're making this happen. And now that, you know, like not a comic, the craziness that is Comic Con is over. That was only like three weeks ago. It still feels like years ago and TCA is almost over things are starting to scale down and, and speaking of the TCA and flash news in general Lauren we had something big to report about about what uh, so what happened last week just 30 minutes before Andy tried to, to release um, the, um, the latest flash <laughs> episode well as per usual the flash um has announced some fantastic casting news and shout out to david rapaport for casting yet again such a perfect person to play the role of wally west um so it's an actor from insurgent and i think his name is pronounced keenan uh keenan lonsdale and he is going to be playing Wally West on The Flash this season. Have you guys seen Insurgent? Are you guys familiar with his actor? Because I am not. Yeah, I just watched Insurgent the other day and was like, hey, Wally. Is he good? He has a very small role in it, but yeah. I was going to say, that was like you hesitated. I was curious. I'm like, oh no. (laughs) No, he has a very small role in the film. Uh, Are you familiar with him, Amy? No, I have not seen the insurgent divergent movies. Um, so it was a new new name, new face to me. Yeah, I know same here. I, I know my big sister, she she knows of him, so she was like, Oh my god, this is awesome and you know, and look and like like Lauren said, you know, David Rappaport is amazing what he does and so far I haven't been disappointed with anything that he does uh, in terms of casting. So I'm sure that he's going to be a great Wally. And uh, the exciting news is that not only are you going to be seeing a lot of Wally in season season two, he's going to be a series regular. And uh, it was actually, it was, it was brought up to me today again, that he's going to be introduced in the second half of The Flash. And even though he's going to be a series regular, he's being saved for the second half, which, you know, makes sense, you know, because this first half is going to be a lot about 
you know, the aftermath of the season finale, as well as the introduction of Jay Garrick. Speaking of Jay, Laura, and what what happened today during the, T- the TCA of the CW session? Well, we well, it's so cool. You know, you can follow the TCAs, and while they don't show footage from it, there was a lot of reactions coming about a sizzle reel that showed Jay Garrick in the classic outfit. And then the CW did release a promo poster, which Andy, correct me if I'm wrong, but they duplicated a very classic Flash comic in terms of their poster layout. I think. I forget the name of it. Yeah, it's um, it's a, uh, it's um, it's a dup- It's kind of like an homage to you know the the um, the cover um, Flash of Two Worlds when Jay, Jay Garrick from Earth Two and the Barry Allen of Earth One they come together to try and save someone in the in that front cover and for the CW version they they kind of replicated that as to reveal Jay's new costume. That's so awesome. Yeah, and it's like I. A part of me thought, you know, you know, look, I know these producers are super geeky about these things, so and I guess maybe it will happen, but I had no idea that it, that they would do it through the reveal of Jay's costume for the first time. So like when I saw, it, like I, I'm like I'm I'm not joking. I was crying like a like a baby. Like I could that I couldn't handle at all. I'm like as I'm sitting there typing up the article and tweeting, I'm like it's so beautiful. I can't believe what I'm watching. <laughs> And uh, yeah, my keyboard got pretty wet, but it was still, it was like unbelievable that we got, we're getting everything. But like, as we're talking about the costume, uh, let's start with you, Amy, like what, you're, kind of, you're, you're new to, you know, the, you know, as you've been watching the shows, and you're still new to a lot of the, the world of the Flash and the DC universe, but like, what did you think of his uh, suit reveal? I thought it was just a nice callback, and I really like they keep those things in mind, and that they run with, that they, they respect what's in the comics, I feel like, as far as looks, but still add their own twist to it. So I'm really interested to see. This is a, a silly thing, but I can't wait to see what the texture of his pants are. <laughs> like, if they're going to be... If not, that sounded really inappropriate. No, it's, not, no, 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 see, it's just fine. That's fine. <laughs> I want to see what material, like, they use to give that, that blue slash denim. Because in the poster, it almost looks like it's more of a denim or more of like a pant type material rather than the same thing as Barry suit. So those are things I nerd out over in costume design. Cause it's always like when you have a character that moves that much and when that's such a key part of their character, like I'm always interested in how fabric moves and how it works and how it functions if it's practical. So if that's so nerdy of me, but I'm looking, <laughs> that's why we do this weird, podcast. <laughs> The weird things that get hung up on, but so I'm looking forward to seeing like an actual photo of it to see what the fabric and everything is like. What do you think, Lauren? Yeah, I think it looks great. I think I agree a lot with what Amy is saying that it really is a tribute to the original outfit, and yet you know they're going to make it practical. You know they're going to make it look kind of modern. And I mean, as as someone who isn't as familiar with these characters as a lot of other people are, I'm just excited to see who he is because the second they said his name at Comic-Con, the entire room exploded. And that makes me as somebody who hasn't read a lot of flash comics want to know even more. Wow. Who is this character that is making this entire room just completely blow up with energy and fervor. And the same with Wally West. I mean, I remember, I was listening to a podcast the other day. I think it was comic book noob. And I think Matt was talking about 
how for him, Wally West is the definitive Flash. And so both of these casting announcements make me that much more excited to see who these characters are. Yeah, and oh, I, you mentioned Comic-Con. I remember like when we sat there and like I, they say Jay Garrick and I'm like, I lose it. And then they say Wally West. I'm like, I'm, I was almost willing to start flipping chairs all over the place because how excited I got. And no, but I... The suit looks great. I've been trying to zoom in and see, like, what kind of texture it is. So the, the shirt looks like it's almost the same material as Barry's, um, you know, suit. Like it's kind of like leathery, um, and um, and the, yeah, I, I agree with Amy. It does. The pants do look like denims, you know, jeans or whatever. It, but it does look like it looks like a good combination of the New Fifty Two suit and um, and um, you know the classic suit. You know, I uh, as we're recording we're looking at um, a side-by-side comparison of you know some of the suits that we've seen Jake Eric in like from the, the you know the early comics to the new 52 as well as a small comic version so like they're te- definitely taking inspiration from like different plays and so on but yeah I think that the, you know the J suit is has always been easy to adapt for TV it's like actually it's actually easier to adapt than Wally's suit or Barry's suit or Bart Allen's suit so you know it's yeah, no, I think it looks great. I, I do hope for um, a high-quality photo pretty soon. I and mean, I'm sure because of the, you know, the logic of podcasting that it's uh, it's probably going to drop like right after we start stop recording this episode. You know what? I'm sure the sizzle reel will probably be out by then. So, um, <laughs> because that's the, that's the bad luck of podcasters. But, no, I'm excited. I thought it was like a great way to kind of like, you know, you know, celebrate it for the fans and just like show it and you know reveal that suit and so on. I think it's going to look great in motion. And um, and on the girl that we see on the cover, it is actually Patty Spivitt, and the actress who's going to be playing her. She posted on Instagram and she was like, I don't know, she was talking about you know it being like that's one of my best sides or whatever. So like, you know, basically can kind of like you know basically saying that you know yeah that's me in the photo. Um, because like people were like, is that Felicity? Is that Patty? I'm like, I wait, wondered who about is that? that. Sorry, sorry, Lauren. Who is that? It's Patty Spivitt, um, Barry's new, oh. um, Barry's, you know, B- Barry's new, um, let's say new friend, because um, West Island forever. I'm just saying. Uh, so I was like, <laughs> but I, I was really unsure. Like, is it Felicity or is it Patty? I'm like, the, the, it makes more sense for Patty to be here because Felicity is Arrow. So, um, no, but you know, ex- big exciting news. You know, with Jay, you know, Jay suit being revealed and the casting of Wally. Like, you know, we, you know, yeah, it's. We don't know what they're going to do with him yet through the show, if he's going to be the nephew of Iris. I don't think they're going to go that direction. I think she's gonna, he's going to be like a little brother of Iris, and maybe he's staying with uh, Mama West or something, uh, which we will actually talk about a little bit later in the show. But, and yeah, of course, if you have been um, watching and uh, TCA tweets today, yeah, you will know that, you know, DC fans will know that, you know, John Constantine lives, he's coming to Arrow, and if you want to read more about that, head over to quiverpodcast.com, where they have all the information about that, but, well, let's get into our main topic of this episode, uh, it's another character review, and it's, you know, it's one of the, you know, the great men of The Flash, and it's uh, one of our, you know, favorite dads of the show, and it's Detective Joe West, played by the brilliant Jesse L. Martin, I'm sorry, I... I get geeky about him, but um, uh, who you know he he's been a lo- a big voice of reason throughout you know the show so far. And you know, if we just start talking about like the actor you know behind him, like you know the actor behind this character, um, Amy, what do you think of Martin in the role of Joe? I think he brings so much heart to the character of Joe, and he's so expressive. He communicates, so, and I, I you know he, with his eyes. Like I'm always amazed by how much 
I can read from Martin's performance, even when Joe doesn't have a word of dialogue. So I think he brings a lot of that to the show and emotion and heart kind of in some ways like Cisco does, but he also like, he's our eyes into it. And I think Martin plays that, that kind of, you know, Joe's in a position where he's, you know, new to this metahuman world, doesn't, isn't quite on the, he, he's smart in his own way, but he's not going to necessarily understand the conversation between Caitlin and Cisco. And I like the way Martin portrays his, like his curiosity, but sometimes also he, like when he has that look in his eyes, like, I don't know what y'all are talking about, but I'll do, like, just tell me what to do. <laughs> I think Martin's great about that. I love Jesse L. Martin as Joe West. I think for me, he's definitely, I mean, Grant is my favorite character because he really carries the show and he's a fantastic Barry. But I have to say that, that Joe is my favorite character on The Flash in terms of heart. I feel like, I mean, I cry almost every scene that he and Grant have together. I mean, I, I also cry when Grant is doing scenes with John Wesley Shipp, but there's is something so convincing and so genuine about their kind of adoptive father-son relationship that I didn't feel like had to build for me. I didn't feel like I had to get used to that relationship. I felt sucked into their... The, I just I felt so drawn into that relationship right away in the pilot. And then just as the season progressed and as Joe Newberry's secret and as they had to come to terms with making really hard decisions, like, do I go back and save my mom or not? I mean, Joe is right there with Barry throughout the whole season. And I think that's so important because if Joe didn't know Barry's secret, I don't think that tenderness would have been there as much. And so I'm really glad that they, they played up to that dynamic. And Jesse L. Martin is, is so great. I mean, I loved him in Rent. I love that he has a background in music and musical theater. Um, I think he's such a delightful addition to this show. Yeah, I, I was only familiar with him through, you know, a few episodes of Law and Order. Um, only a few. I can't stress enough how many, how few episodes I watched of that show. So, but like I, because to me, um, something that I love about television is, you know, great father figures. And, you know, it's, and it's been a while for me since I had someone that, someone like Joe, it, I don't, I think it was, Jonathan Kent on Smallville was that for me. Like, you know, he was, you know, a big voice of reason, but he was also that, you know, he is the ideal parent you need. Like he, you know, and I, I love that we got that with Joe West and so on, because in the comments, I, if I understand, if I remember correctly, I think, if Daddy West um, in in the comic, he's like an abusive drunk ass. Uh, so I'm glad yeah. that they, yeah, I I think so. I I know that there was some, there's in the in the current comic book continuity. I know that Irish she has like a brother, Daniel West, and I know the, um, the father and the brother had a very bad dynamic. So I'm glad that when they did the TV show that they gave us Joe West instead because I don't know if I could have like taken a father who's like abusing all that on tv so and um, but jesse l martin is it's it, he you know for someone who you know wasn't really you know a big sci-fi guy or whatever and so on before doing the show it he fits in so well and i like that his character is like he's kind of like the audience in a way that, that you know like like if you put if you take out all the you know like all the comic book fans and the sci-fi fans and the flash fans out of that you know the you know the audience so you know you will have a large group that is also you know general viewers that is like you know what is this speed force what is this you know meta human what it's like and i love that joe is kind of like 
you 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 can see that through his perspective, and um, and he is like he's not the the good thing about him is that he's not like even though we love him as you know a father figure, so it's 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 not that he's like always like you know well, he's always saying what we want to hear and so you know he will tell you harsh things when it needs to be said or whatever and. Like you know, I think it was the second episode when he reminded Barry that he was you know, there was a friction between go between them. Where he was reminding me, look, just be, just you think just be, because you're so fast that you're invincible, you're not. It's like he grounds them in a way. during all these craziness that is happening in Central City. He's one of those people that would be like, boys and girls, let's sit down and remember that we're only human. We can be killed. We can you know we can get hurt. We can get hungry. We can get stressed. We need to remember that. As we look at it differently, how do you how do you guys look at him as specifically as a father for you know Iris and Barry, but also as a father figure, kind of like for for Cisco in a way and all. Well, being that I have strong Cisco feelings, watching how their relationship evolved towards the end of the season and how they started talking about Wells and working together, watching how that trust developed and fit into place was really fascinating. And what I liked about that is you could see Joe strikes me as such a caring reasonable person like he's the kind of parent that if you got in trouble in high school like you did something really stupid like you might be afraid to talk to him because you know he'd be disappointed but he's going to have a fair conversation with you he's not just going to fly off the handle and yell at you and you know like I I like that about him and so you trust him right anytime like the way he handles Barry and talks to Barry and Iris you're like this guy cares you can trust him he brings you in he calms you down and it's interesting to see that's just his personality, not necessarily with his biological kid or his adopted kid, but with Cisco or anybody that he's kind of developing a friendship with. Like, he just, I really like that about his personality. Um, I think it's interesting that his relationship with Iris is so different than his relationship with Barry. I feel like, I mean, he's equally protective of both of them, but I feel like I mean, that's a typical dad would be that he's so protective of Iris. And that's part of the reason why he never wanted Barry to tell her. And I, I'm excited to see what their relationship is going to look like in season two. Now that there's no secrets, now that everything is out on the table, I feel like that was really just hindering just a little bit of intimacy, at least for me, between Joe and Iris. And I think that next season it's going to be very different because she's not dating her dad's partner anymore. Um, you know, they're both going to be grieving the loss of Eddie. I think it's going to be a really, I don't know, I think it's going to be really good. I mean, sometimes you don't really get to see the best of people until they go through something traumatic. And I think that Joe dealing with him losing his partner and then Iris dealing with the loss of her fiance. I think that's going to bring a really intimate dynamic to them in season two. I think that maybe some, that's something that Arrow is missing right now that I could see them add at some point because of you know we've seen you know one parent figure go after another and so on. But I like it on the Flash that you know we have Joe that he can kind of like you know whether you know whether it's blood related or it's you know being a surrogate dad. I like that that he's able to be there for everyone, but in a different way. It's like with Cisco, it's it's both like you know. Because I don't know what his dynamic is with um, what Cisco's dynamic with his dad is on the show. Um, although I guess because his mom is so neglectful of him, I'm sure that his dad is is just big as of a jerk as well. Because 
I remember you having strong feelings about that, uh, Amy, when we talked about Dante, and you were like, I did not like him at all. <laughs> like, no, nobody's mean to my Cisco, damn it. Yeah, and he, like I said, he is a voice of reason, but it's like, you know, when you do something bad, he will, he will, he will let you know, but he will also try and see it from your perspective as well. He's, he's fair. I think you said the key word there, Amy, at the beginning, that he's fair, and that, you know, he will listen from your, from your side of things, but then also, like, you know, he will he will make sure that you learn from the mistake uh, so that you don't repeat it because and that's the thing I I feel like he knows how you know he knows his own humanity and that he that the flaws that he has so that you know he he will always make sure that remind to remind these kids that because it's a crazy world they're living in they're metahumans they're people with weather powers and you know super speed and and all these things so it's yeah I I think it's great that they have. That they have him as like the mentor figure, the father figure, but also like yeah, generally as a voice of reason. Um, now, I, even though I did write this down in the discussion point, I I know there's we can't talk too much about it, but it's like I just needed to point out because every time this happens, I can't stop laughing. Okay, so there's something with Joe with his laugh, the way that I don't know what it is, but that itself has to be discussed. Um. I'm sorry. This is gonna sound. This is gonna be the weirdest question I've ever asked on this podcast. But when was your favorite time when he laughed on the show? Um, I wish I had had more time to think about that because I don't know. But you're right. He has a very genuine, very kind laugh that I always enjoy. I can't think. Uh, that's. I can't think of a specific instance that got me because it is just. I, I agree with Lauren. Like it just always makes me happy. It always. It's a thing I like about the Flash in general that people laugh. Um, you know, and it's not all dark and gloom all the time, like Arrow kind of seems to be. And that when Joe laughs, it just feels so genuine that you can't help but laugh along with him. So I love that Martin, yeah, it's very memorable laugh. You're right. Yeah, my the reason I brought that up as a discussion, but was because I'd recently watched the episode when Barry, for the first time, reveals to, to Joe that what he can do with his boys, how he was able to disguise himself in front of Iris, and he's like, you know, oh, yeah. and like, for some reason, like, I, I fell off the couch over and over because it's like, you know he's going to react, but you don't know how, and that laugh is just... Like, it could go on forever, and like, you could write a whole season of that them just laughing. And I would be like, yeah, that's fine. That's totally fine. Uh, and so, yeah, that's why I brought it up. Listeners, I let me know if it was a weird question because, yeah, it was – I was like, am I really going to ask them, so what do you think of his lab? Like, it's – No, I think yeah. it's a great question. <laughs> yeah, I see this is how nerdy I can get with someone like Joe West. It's like, you know, let's examine his laugh, his, you know, like, the, um, you know, his sassiness and so on. But, um, no, but uh, moving on from – and there was – Something I wanted to ask you guys was that how did you feel that he worked as a member of Team Flash? You know, because I think we all were surprised that, that first of all, he that Barry revealed in the pilot to Joe that he is the Flash, meaning that they, you know, they kind of saved us from the whole, you know, let you know, hiding from his um, basically the entire family and so on. So like, so Amy, like, what did you feel about um, Joe work, uh, working as a member in this particular team? Well, it made me happy that he was included, like you said, so early and. That he, from the standpoint of just being Barry's father and being concerned about him, got involved, but also because he's a cop and he, like, it's in his best interest and for the best interest of the, uh, excuse me, of the city 
to kind of get involved in this and see what these guys are doing. And uh, I never really cared for the fact that they had a prison in Star Labs. So, and that Joe would stand for that being that he is a cop. Not that I have a better solution for what you would do with metahumans, but that aspect of it always bugged me a little. I'm like, I feel like Joe should complain more about them having a prison that goes under the radar. But he did call it out. I think it was in the finale or, or close to the end of the season. But I and I like that he fits in and he has a role, even though he is not a super brainy, per, you know, not a brainy person in the way that the Star Labs team is. But he was always useful that you never felt like they that he was just tagging along. He was a valuable part of the team. And I like how they made that dynamic work. What I always thought was interesting about Joe being a part of Team Flash was his dynamic and his relationship with Harrison Wells. Because Joe is a cop and he's a detective and he knows when people are lying. And I think every single scene where Harrison was BSing and was trying to cover up his nefarious reverse flash activities or the people that he was killing. Um, I mean, Harrison Wells killed, remind me of his name. It was the second or third episode. Simon Staggs. Yeah. And then Joe was investigating this disappearance. So they, you know, they were working together in one sense and Harrison Wells would always say, I have Barry's best interest in mind. And Joe is like, okay, you know, I understand that. And I'll give you the whole science part but I don't trust you. And I I thought there was always such great tension between Joe and Harrison because you can't get anything past Joe. You just can't. I mean, he's a detective for a reason. Um, So I'm glad that he was able to be a part of the team, but more so it was like, it was like wherever Harrison was trying to be a father figure to Barry, but really he was just exploiting him. I think Joe was always there to kind of remind Barry, Hey, I know you really trust this guy. I know he's your mentor, but I don't always feel comfortable with him. I don't always think he has your best in mind. And I think that was important for Barry because he is young and lightning did give him abs and now he can run super fast. And, (laughs) you know, he didn't really have anybody that he knew that was on his team. Like Caitlin and Cisco became allies and became friends, but they didn't start out that way necessarily. And Joe was always the anchor and the center that was keeping an eye on Barry and making sure that he was safe and that he was protected. And then at the same time, kind of being a police officer and, and trying to keep an eye on the fact that they weren't going too far outside of the law to get justice, which was an interesting dynamic because yeah, they were holding people against their will underneath star lab. I liked, I liked that you guys, you know, both brought up the fact that, you know, he is a detective and so on. And that, you know, there is a reason, you know, why he wasn't just, you know, a regular cop, you know, that he was that he was working as a detective because he's supposed to see the small things that no one else sees. So I like that, that they had that they have him for that and that um and also because it's it's not a lot it there's not there's not a lot of times where you actually get to see, you know, for example, the father of let's say said superhero being involved physically within you know, the superhero saving and all that. Usually they're just like, you know, well, you know, I believe in you, son, you know, you can do it, but if I, I can't go with you because I'm old or I'm, you know, I will get killed uh, in a, in a blastful season finale and then everyone has to wait five months and cry out. So it's, I like that he gets to, that he gets to not just know about this, this whole world, but he also gets to be part of it. And, you know, tr- you know, he gets to be part of saving the day. And, um, 
it makes you know it makes Barry and his dynamic at Central City Police Department actually pretty pretty hilarious and so on. You know, I, I that's what I really liked about the whole thing. And um, but there's one thing that I definitely want to touch upon because it was a huge discussion point when this when you know when we started getting to that point of the season, and it was that by the time Eddie knew about Barry's secret, everyone on the show but Iris knew, and it was mostly because of Joe that she didn't know for the longest amount of time. And a lot of, there's been a lot of discussion, you know, like, was it right by Joe that he... For, basically, you know, because Barry wanted to tell her, Eddie wanted to tell her, but Joe was like, uh-uh, you ain't telling her. So, basically, the question, and uh, let's start with you, Amy, like, did you think it was right by Joe to to keep his daughter out of it just because of her safety? Or, you know, did he, did he do her a disservice by not letting her know just like everyone else. Yes, he did her a disservice. That is the possibly the only thing about Joe West I do not I did not like is that he lied and kept his daughter in the dark. I anytime in a television series or movies when I hear the excuse that's like, well I'm gonna lie to protect this person or to keep this person safe. It always like it's a trigger thing for me. Like it just always there are very few instances when that point, when that plot device works. And here, it's especially interesting because, you know, like Lauren pointed out, Joe is very protective of Iris in a way that he's not with anyone else. But he's also, for the most part, we see him be so rational and reasoned that I feel like it was kind of almost too much for him to keep a secret from Iris for as long as he did. Even if it was for the sake of keeping her safe or, you know, made me thinking she would be happier not knowing that it didn't I don't think one it really fit with a character that we knew so far and two that it was a right or that it was the right thing to do I don't think it was the right thing to do either I completely agree it never ever ever works out in a television series when you lie to somebody to protect them because the person who eventually finds out and typically finds out in the worst way possible doesn't feel happy because someone was trying to protect them they typically feel betrayed because the closest people to them are lying to them and uh, honestly I think that was I just I think that did a great disservice to Iris did it make for a great reveal when Barry blew past her and the electricity transferred and then she realized what was going on Uh, I would argue no I would I would argue that that it would have been great to have seen Iris a part of the team a lot earlier than they wrote it in. Just, just for the record, I, I liked the spark. Like, I I liked when she, like, you know, touched him and, you know, she she knew that it was bare because of the spark. So I, I don't know, I, I thought it was romantic in a weird way. But, like, but I... No, really... I like the sparks, too. I'm saying the whole idea of that's how she found out, like, so late in the season, I don't like that. The sparks were cute. Oh, you're talking. Oh, you're talking about t- the time. Okay, I thought you were like I don't. You don't like the whole idea as a whole, but um, okay. No, sorry, my bad. But I uh, no, I agree with you guys that it's because, and I think that we're we're starting to see a lot of this in superheroes. It's and I think Flash was a good example of that. That it's this whole thing of let's keep it a secret from everyone that the hero loves, when it's like, okay, look, you're doing a good thing by not telling strangers who you really are, but. You're gonna be there. You're gonna be able to protect them more if they know who you are. Because, for example, the episode when Iris finds out, like the, the episode afterwards, I think Joe. Get, that's the episode when Joe gets kidnapped by Gorilla Grodd. Um, 
Iris is the one to track down Gorilla Gras because she could use her journalistic connections and her access that he ha- she has at Central City Picture News. So it's like she's more useful and, you know, she's more useful when she, when you tell her the information. If you don't tell her, you know, A, she can't, you know, then, you know, you're not gonna be able to go, get to B because you're not telling the, the relevant part of the A part, if that makes sense. Yes, I think that makes sense. I She could have contributed the whole time and been a great value to the team. And I, I know we'll see some of that next season, at least I hope so. But I kind of feel sad that we lost out on it for most of the first season. And it, yeah. I just don't think it needed to be that way. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, and and I I felt season two, you know, even though season one wasn't too bad for Iris, I do think season two is going to be a lot better. But it was if there was one thing throughout the whole first season that I didn't enjoy with Joe, it was that for someone who is so smart, I did I couldn't believe that he was being written as no the most one of the most smartest and important people in my life should not know about what I'm involved with. I feel like. And also, it's unfair to Barry because it's you know what it's not up to Joe who Barry gets to tell and not, and who he gets to tell and not tell. It's Barry's that's secret. That's true. Yeah, that's definitely his father figure coming out because they're both grown adults. They're both old enough to make their own decisions. But Joe pulling that well, I'm her dad, and I know it's best. Card is definitely when when he's saying that he doesn't trust what's going on. Which I mean. I just despite the fact that I disagree and I think that he should have told her, it makes sense that he didn't tell her because if she is spending time with the Flash and the Flash is fighting metahumans, that means Iris would be put in the direct line of metahumans, which, as these are people that Joe has never seen before, has never fought before, you know, well, he saw what, I mean, here's the whole psychology of the thing. He watched Weather Wizard kill his partner in the pilot in, like, a crazy crazy way or no they sh- the martin brothers shot his partner yeah his part um i think clyde shot joe's partner in the in the first episode okay so at the end of the pilot now he's watching this 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 murderer this person who killed his partner ex- essentially generate a tornado and is has the ability to even kill a flash when he's watching run around this and so for him in that instant he's probably thinking okay these guys are crazy they're unpredictable they can't be brought down by mere weapons you know i can't protect iris like if i was just fighting a regular criminal and so in that moment like daddy west thought i don't want iris anywhere near these guys we don't know what they're capable of and if she was hanging out with the flash and if she knew that was barry then she would be put in the direct line of fire in front of people who are are capable of killing and so i can understand his decision not to tell her. I don't agree with it, but I completely understand it from the perspective of a parent. I get that too, but also at the same time, that's that that goes to, for this, that's that's the same case then for for Cisco and Caitlin that all you know they know about Barry Seagram, so he should have thought about you know, them in that way too. That well, if I'm you know, if it's dangerous for Iris to know, then I should really be looking out for Cisco and Kaylin because they do know. And these metahumans can find out pretty easily that Barry is working with a team over at Star Labs. Right, but they're not his kids. 
Like, he's known them for, what, six weeks when the show starts? Yeah, he's on Iris true. her whole life. I mean, yeah. that's, like, why Detective Lance didn't want Laurel to hang around the Arrow in season one. It's not because he doesn't trust her judgment. It's because he doesn't trust the bad guys that the Arrow is going to be fighting. And if Laurel got caught in the crossfire, which we know that she does in the Dollmaker episode. So I think that's why those decisions are typically made by parents. It's not that the Arrow isn't safe or that Barry isn't safe. It's that the villains that they're fighting are not safe. Good point. Does anyone have any favorite Joe moments they want to bring up? I know there's a lot of them. I, I can say right away that it was... It was episode 17 when um, when Mark Hamill and this unknown actor who's like no one has ever heard of, of uh, this little franchise <laughs> that didn't do really well. Um, just kidding, just kidding, you guys. Uh, he when he had taken uh, Henry and Barry was you know he was somewhere in Star Labs and he was like you know he was he, he he was falling down and Joe kind of like had to remind him, you know, look, I don't know what it's like to be you, I don't know what it's like to have powers or whatnot, but don't let Wells get to your head and what and all that, and, you know, just keep on fighting. And I like that he, even without power, Joe is a superhero in his own rights. I don't know if I have any specific favorite moments. I just, I love his moments with Grant Gustin. I think there is something so incredible about the relationship that they've built as actors and as on-screen kind of surrogate father-son. I love when Joe's talking to Barry in, you know, and he's, I think Barry goes to see both of his dads. He talks to Joe about it and he talks to Henry about it. I love his scenes with Joe in that episode. And I love his scenes with Joe in the finale. I mean, Barry, he's making decisions about these kind of global events and Joe just always levels with him. And I love those scenes. Amy, do you have any favorite Joe moments? I was trying to think of specific moments, and I'm not always good at those because I have an abysmal memory. But I I remember really liking that. I mean, it just might be more of a favorite moment, though, than a Joe one. But the Christmas, their little Christmas gathering, I thought was really cute. But I'm spacing out on exact moments, but I'm kind of going to cop out. It's the same thing that Lauren said. I've, That's totally fine. You know, I've never, I, I can't remember a father figure son relationship I've enjoyed and that has felt as authentic as Barry's and Joe's. And I get so many warm and fuzzy, like teary moments when those two have their conversations. And even like when they're not having the heavy conversations, just the way they interact with each other and kind of just seem to know everything about each other. I I can't get enough of it. I think it's just incredibly well acted and written. I just realized when you mentioned the Christmas scene, for that three season of Arrow, I don't think Alder has been able to celebrate Christmas once properly. The <laughs> Flash gets for its first season, and they actually have a normal Christmas scene. And I'm like, wow, Central City is a much better city to live in, even though there is you know, talking gorillas and weather dudes and all those things. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit of a trade-off. Someone in this damn universe uh, on the CW was able to celebrate Christmas. <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting so jazzed up about it, but like someone actually succeeded. That makes me, it makes me believe that you know that people can celebrate holidays in this <laughs> in the in this DC TV <laughs> universe. Yes. yes. Um, now let's let's speculate a little bit about Joe West for season two. We we know that. That he, they're casting for, um, they're casting a character named Olivia in her early forties, a troubled, troubled or old friend of his. 
Who could she be? Like, what do you think is going to happen to Joe? Like, do you think he's maybe going to get a revisit from his ex-wife? Do you think he's going to get a love interest? Like, what, what do you, what predictions do you have for our one of our favorite detectives on uh, on TV? You know, like Lauren pointed out, he's going to be a different person. He's going into this with a different mindset. He's been through, I mean, just over the course of the season and learning about this whole other world that exists with metahumans and wacky villains and but he suffered loss now and it's a very personal intimate loss and i'm curious to see what his state of mind is going to be how he's going to feel about star labs these days considering what just happened how he's going to be affected and i would hope initially at least that he's not you know i don't think have they said whether they're doing a huge time jump a little bit of a time jump for season they're, two. They're doing like Arrow always does. Like it's like you know when we come back for the new season, it's also October in their world. Maybe you know September, August, or whatever. Okay, so it's been like a few months basically. So I wouldn't want to see Joe. I don't think he'd be in a place to jump into any kind of relationship right away. But eventually, I wouldn't mind. I would like to see him have someone else, have someone that's more of a peer that. He better not lie to if he gets close to, close to in order to protect her. Um, but I, I think that's good. I'm looking forward to seeing how he his role with Star Labs changes, I guess, and evolves. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what they're going to do with Joe in season two. I mean, so much has happened. As far as we know, there's no more Harrison Wells. There's no more Eobard Thawne. Um, obviously, there's no more Eddie. You know, hashtag don't, single don't, tier. Don't remind me. <laughs> Um, you know, so, you know, here's Iris. She's lost her fiance. Um, everything in her life has changed. Well, she lost her boss who Eoberthon killed. And so, you know, Iris is going to be in a very unique place, which means that, that Joe is also going to be in a a unique place because parents are always affected by the emotions of their children. Joe has lost his partner and is going to be getting a new partner, which if I'm correct is Petty Spivet, right? Yeah. And he has a new partner and however they're going to deal with the whole, there's a giant wormhole swirling over central city situation. Um, you know, I mean, Joe is actually, um, there's just so much to to think about. Like, wasn't Joe the one who was taken by Gorilla Grodd? Am, am oh, I yeah. remembering that? Oh yeah, he. Oh yeah, yeah that, that, so another trauma to look to look forward yeah. to. to Sorry, discover. I have like full on hiatus brain because <laughs> we haven't had these shows on you know TV for a while, and I'm like trying That's to remember. Fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, totally Joe with was, you. He was kidnapped by Gorilla Grodd. Now, that was probably Joe's best episode, let's be honest. That was so scary and so intense. So, he's recovering from traumas. People have died. There are metahumans and multiverses. And here's Joe. He is very much like the Quentin Lance of this of this world, of Central City. He's a down-to-earth guy. He believes in investigative detective work. You know, what are the facts? And all this crazy stuff has happened. And in that place, he really gets to decide, is he going to let all of that change him? Or is he going to be able to adapt to this kind of new world? Um, can he rebuild trust with Iris? And then this this character that they're casting for, it's possible that maybe it's his ex-wife. Maybe it's a love interest that he had before he met Iris's mom. Will we get to see Iris's mom at all at some point? I mean, there's so much that 
there's so many places they could take Joe in season two, and I'm excited. I was um, what I was going to ask was, um, do you think he's going to be, and not not against Patty, but maybe do you think he's going to be more protective of whoever joins him as a partner? That he's going to be like, no, I don't want a new partner. I don't want anyone else to die with me, you know, out on the field and so on. Do you think he's going to be more, you know, like, not what's the word I'm looking for? I um, he's going to be more. He doesn't want anyone else to join on his crusade because he thinks someone is going to die. Do you think that could possibly happen? He's going to be, you know, you know, Patty could be lovely and wonderful, but she, but he might be like, look, that's why I don't want you as a partner because I don't want anything to happen to you. I think we'll see that. Absolutely. I think his nature is just to care about other people and to be concerned about other people and, you know, walking into a world where, you have to, you could or have to deal with metahumans. I wouldn't, you know, if you're a caring person, you probably, there's an aspect of it that is cool for sure, uh, especially if you look at it through Cisco's eyes. But generally, I could see wanting to protect somebody from that and not wanting them to have to deal with the fact that this world exists. And you could, there are a whole host of people that could take not only you out at any point in time, but possibly the whole city, maybe the world that those powers exist. Um, and it's, I feel like a, probably a weight on his shoulders to kind of carry that knowledge and not share. I mean, for all of them that have that, that secret, that has to be hard to carry. So, and when you're with a part, like from what I gather, when you are detective working with a partner, you know, you spend a lot of your time together. You work for hours and hours and you get to know each other. And it's almost like having a, a really close friend, if not like a family member. So I can't, I don't know how he's going to deal with it. I I could see him not wanting, not wanting to put anybody at risk. And it's going to be interesting. I think so too. I think he's going to be extremely protective because he let Eddie in on the secret and now Eddie is dead. (laughs) And I don't think he wants that to happen again. I guess no one is really going to blame um, Professor Stein for the fact that he kind of, he didn't make Eddie kill himself, but he was like the one who was like, oh, oh guess what? You don't need to listen to Igor, but you can take, you, you can take control of your own destiny. You just, you shouldn't have told him that specific day, you know, like you could have told him after this whole mess was over. Uh, no, but we know that that was the only way to stop Igor, but, but um, no, but I think that Joe is going to be at a top spot and hopefully you know hopefully maybe wally is going to be the one that kind of brings back the light a little bit you know as he's going through not ptsd specifically but he's going through little post eobard fun stress disorder <laughs> i guess p e t s d exactly what it is it's uh, if none of these characters are, have that at the in the beginning of the season then yeah, but it was really not that messed up um, deal with. But um, but any final thoughts on um, on our favorite detective before we wrap up this episode? One thing I, I think is important to touch on is the fact that Joe Joe adopted Barry in a time in Barry's life when his entire world was falling apart because Barry's mom was killed and his dad was sent to jail and they thought his dad did it. And Joe, being the detective that he is, I think you can see it in some of the flashbacks, he did all the police work that he could and he agreed that that Henry did kill Nora Allen. And so towards the, the middle to the second half of this season, 
Joe gets to dig up that case again and he decides, you know what? Like I was trying to be a cop and I was trying to err on the side of, of facts and I, I helped, essentially he helps send Barry's dad away. And I think his journey in realizing that Henry didn't kill Nora and that it actually was something supernatural like a, like a man in yellow. Um, I think that was a really interesting journey to watch Joe experience because he had never, he loved Barry, but he never believed Barry's story as a kid. He just thought this is a young child's way of coping with the fact that his dad did something terrible. And yet it was true. Like Barry was telling the truth. And I think, I don't know. I think that's such an interesting dynamic for him to realize, wow, like I've always loved this little boy, but I never fully believed him or fully trusted him. And there's a moment when he decides, you know what, Barry, I believe you. Let's figure out what really happened. And I thought that was really powerful to watch play out. Amy, any, any final thoughts? You know, actually something that, that spurred off of what she, uh, Lauren just said is similarly not as far as I can remember that even though Joe did believe 100% that the Barry's father killed his mom, he never really trash talked him. He never came down on him or talked. I never really remember him talking badly about his, like Barry's father to him. And that had to be that had to be hard to do. I, I would think, I mean, Joe's naturally seems like a nice person anyway, but to, to believe that this person, this boy you adopted his father was put in jail for killing his wife and to not, not bring that home with you, I guess, or the feelings you might have about that home with you and to let your, your love for the kid um, kind of override your, your raw instincts and emotions about that. I think that says a lot about his character. Yeah, that's really intense. That would be like, I mean, I don't know if there's a modern example that that wouldn't be too creepy, but like, I'm going to take home the, I don't know, like the son of somebody who's committed this serious crime. And you're right. And he could have judged him. He could have thought he was weird. He could have thought, oh, well, if his parent is capable of this kind of thing, what else, you know, is this child capable of something? But that's not what happened. And there's obviously a genuine love there. And yeah, that says a lot about Joe's character and about his heart. And I think he is transferring that on to Cisco and Caitlin. I think he is learning how to love people and to trust them. And you can really see that in season one. Well said. I, um, I think it's a good place to 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 wrap up. And um, first of all, Amy, thank you so much for coming on. We, you know, I'm gonna say it again. I, I come back anytime. Uh, you know, hopefully we can have you on for season two and we can talk uh, about a live episode of The Flash. Uh, but before you go, let everyone know first of all what the, where they can follow you on Twitter and all the websites you're working for and um, any upcoming events like cons. Oh my god, of course. Um, well, first, thank you for having me. I love talking about flash i guess talk about star wars a lot and not so many so much other things and it's it's a good change and uh you can follow me on twitter at amy underscore geek and i contribute to nerdist um ign starwars.com geek and sundry and uh conventions i'm going to be at d23 this weekend so if you're around there please i'm just going to be wandering around that should be fun and uh that's it for the near future 
Awesome. Um, and Lauren, you um, just like Amy, you're doing a lot of things on the internet. So uh, let everyone know. Uh, first of all, you have an update to your Twitter handler, and and secondly, let let everyone know what you're doing uh, besides the Flash Podcast. That's right. I did change my Twitter name. I completely forgot. Um, I made a very tiny change. Uh, I went from Lauren underscore Galloway to just Lauren Galloway, so it's a lot easier to find me now. And I did want to say thank you so much to listeners of the show who have tweeted me i had a couple people tweet me this week which i love hearing from you guys so thank you um yeah you guys can follow me on twitter at lauren underscore galloway i'm also a regular contributor to assembly of geeks and assembly of geeks is about to change their twitter handle too right now it's at geeks assemble but we will be changing it to at assembly of geeks on september 1st you can look for that change and i do want to plug some two really cool projects that are kind of related to The Flash. So a lot of you may know about this new show that the CW is putting together called Vixen, and it's going to be an animated show featuring The Flash as voiced by Grant Gustin, featuring The Arrow as voiced by Stephen Amell. Um, Felicity Smoke and Cisco are both making appearances, at least in the first episode. They may be in subsequent episodes. But it's going to be completely online on a website called CW Seed, and you can watch it on your mobile devices or online. But I get to recap Vixen episodes on Entertainment Weekly. So you guys can find those at community.ew.com or you can just follow me and I'll tweet out the links for that. Yeah, so make sure to check out Lauren's stuff as well as Amy's stuff. And uh, if, yeah, if you want to check out what, we're, what I'm doing, you can head over to tvremind.com uh, or tvatthedark.com. That's how much I love television. I love writing about it on multiple sites. Uh, but if you want to follow me on, on my personal Twitter account, follow me at Andy Babak. Uh, but for, for this podcast, you can follow it at The Flash Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Vine, that I'm going to get active on soon again because I like I like Vine and um, Periscope. Paris. Everyone gets obsessed with Periscope. It's it's like a circle of life, basically. And and, uh, and if you want all of your Flash news and your, your the Flash podcast news, make sure to, to check out theflashpodcast.com. Yeah, if you want news about the podcast or about the show, theflashpodcast.com. That's your place for all things Flash. iTunes and Stitcher Radio, like like um, Amy Marie and Laura and Adam has said before on the show, it does help us a lot when you head over to iTunes, subscribe to us, and give us a rating and review to let more people know about the podcast. And it supports us in a great way. So um, if you have any questions about the podcast, email us at theflashpodcast at gmail.com. And um, yeah, we're we're part of the Mixer Network, uh, Wednesdays at... Uh, 6 p.m. And um, if you want any more DC TV podcasts, head over to dcpodcast.com for all of your Arrow and Legends of, Gotham, and Legends of Tomorrow and Gotham and Supergirl figs as well as The Flash. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. We will be back next week with a new episode. So for all of our teammates on The Flash Podcast, I'm Andy B. I'm Lauren Galloway. And we will see you next time on The Flash Podcast. Thank mm-hmm. you.